Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 24 of season 3 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Life with Dexter was a popular sitcom on Australian radio in the 1950s, starring Willie Fennell as Dexter Dutton and the daily happenings of his suburban household and family. The show ran from 1953 through the early 1960s in Australia, South Africa, and New Zealand. Phil Harris and his real-life wife, Alice Fay, co-hosted The Fitch Bandwagon in 1946, a comedy variety program after Harris had made a name for himself on the Jack Benny program for years. In 1948, the name was changed to the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show and became a full-fledged situation comedy, with Harris playing a vain and bumbling husband to his exasperated but loving wife. References to his hair became a running gag on the show. It ran for eight seasons until 1954. Now sit back and enjoy the episode Practical Problems from Life with Dexter and the December 1st, 1946 broadcast of the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. The Commonwealth Savings Bank of Australia, the bank for all the family, takes pleasure in presenting the show for all the family, Life with Dexter. I don't know if such a term should be used, but if there's such a thing as a delightful muddle, then it describes life with Dexter perfectly. Last week, if you remember... I told how Clara Wilmot decided to impersonate Janie's schoolteacher, and this led to a great deal of trouble for K.G. and Dexter, so much so, in fact, that the men decided to retaliate. It began one morning at the office. Dexter, between us, we've got to think of something. Yeah, well, between us, we've got a lot to think with. Yeah, but it's all one-sided. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say that. You do supply a small portion of intelligence. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Look, there must be some shocking practical joke we can play on Clara. She's got to be taught a lesson. Yeah, well, wait a minute. Let me now think. Let uh, us think. Uh, uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know. Yeah? We'll send an anonymous note about me and another woman. Oh, yeah. We'll print it on a scrap of paper, put it in a plain envelope, and have the office boy put it in my mailbox this morning. Then I can watch the fun start when I get home. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, wait a minute, but I want to watch this fun, too. How, how do I get into the act? Well, I don't know. Wait a minute. Aren't we having dinner at your place this evening? That's right. Yeah, yes. You and Clara are having dinner with us, and Clara is sure to be with Jesse when we get home tonight. This gives me a further idea to start the jealousy ball rolling. Who, who, who are you phoning? Clara. Listen to this. It'll start the seed of doubt in my wife's little mind. Hello? Hello, Clara, my dear. It's Kimberly. Well, my husband calling from the office. Did you forget your trousers, dear? <laughs> Clara, I'm phoning to say I, um... <clears throat> I... I have to work back tonight. Huh? I don't know what time I'll be home, but, uh, I... I have quite a lot of work to get through. Now, you listen to me, Kimberly Wilmot. We are having dinner at the Duttons tonight, and you'll be home with Dexter before six o'clock. But, dear, I... I don't know if I can cancel my appointment. I, I mean, my work. I, I should really stay back. Don't argue with me. Get through your work during the day. That's if you really have any to get through. You'll be home with Dexter before six. Goodbye. Uh, it worked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, let's get cracking on this anonymous note. Here's a plain sheet of paper. You print as I dictate. All right, all right. Go ahead. You can believe it or disbelieve it, but your husband is having secret meetings with... An attractive, brainless young blonde. Wait a minute. Hurry up, don't take all day. Well, I, I can't, I'm printing backhand so no one will recognize it. Uh, with an attractive, brainless 
Young blonde. Sign it well wisher. Well wisher. I'll have that slipped into the letterbox first thing. Oh, am I a little demon? Ah, uh, yeah. I'm glad you put attractive, brainless young blonde. Why? Because Clara will know an attractive young blonde wouldn't have anything to do with you unless she was brainless. You! Here, put that down. Put that down. Katie, don't do that. Now, let's forget for a few minutes KG and the brainless blonde, while I have a few words with all those young people who have started work. Probably all you young people are now getting a new slant about money. You now realize that the money you get has to be worked for. Consequently, you want to get full value for it. And believe me, the best way to get full value for your money is to save in a Commonwealth Savings Bank account. If we spend every penny we get... We never have any money to buy the bigger things that add so much to our happiness. Already you realize that cars, homes, marriages, holidays, and many other things cost a lot more money than you get in your weekly pay envelope. So you see, if you spend all you earn, a lot of things will always be beyond your reach. On the other hand, if you save something in a Commonwealth Savings Bank account every payday, you very quickly build up a really worthwhile sum. For instance, two pounds per week for five years means 600 pounds. So open a Commonwealth Savings Bank account tomorrow, visit the Commonwealth Savings Bank each payday and week by week, Bank Commonwealth. another of these little cakes? No, you may not. There'll be none left for the Wilmots tonight. And, Janie, stop picking at that salad. Oh, sorry, Mummy. What can I do to help? Well, not a thing. You can both start setting the table in about an hour. Jessie! Jessie, dear, are you there? Come in, Clara. What's the matter? Oh, oh, dear. Oh, oh, it's terrible. I just went to my box for the afternoon mail, dear, and I found this. What is it? It's an anonymous letter. Read it, dear. You'll know why I'm in this awful state. Shall we leave the room? No, no, you might as well stay, children. You'll be hearing plenty before the evening's over. Oh, Janie, I hope it teaches you never to get married. Good heavens. Read it out aloud, Jessie. You can believe it or disbelieve it, but your husband is having secret meetings with an attractive, brainless, young, blonde, kind, (laughs) well-wisher. I don't believe it. Neither do I. And neither do I. Anyhow, Mr. Wilmot prefers redhead. Kimberly prefers his wife to any other woman. We all know he never looks at another girl. Oh, but he does, Jessie, dear. He must. I know this is true. Why would anyone want to write such a note if it weren't? Mrs. Wilmot, there are lots of people who love writing anonymous letters just for the sake of writing them. Certainly there are. Kimberly will completely deny this accusation when he gets here. Oh, he'll deny it all right, dear, but I have other evidence. This letter only confirms what I was suspicious about this morning, Jessie. Kimberly actually phoned me from the office. Well, is that unusual? Unusual? The last time he phoned me from the office, it was to wish me a happy birthday, dear. Four days after my birthday. <laughs> oh, Jessie. He phoned me to say he'd be working back late tonight. You should have heard him, dear, stammering and stuttering, trying to make it sound real. But it could be. He does have to work late. (laughs) Nothing of the kind. He's coming home now because I demanded it. He was going out somewhere to meet this, this, this floozy. What's a floozy, Mrs. Wilmore? Oh, be quiet. Now, Clara, sit down quietly and I'll make a cup of tea. Look, I, I wouldn't take the slightest notice of this anonymous note. When we're all having dinner tonight, I'm sure the whole business will be sorted out. Absolutely. Sure it will. We're having chicken for dinner. We're having chicken. But if you'll do me a favor, Jessie, you'll serve Kimberly a plate of fried arsenic. Dexter, will you drop that work and let's leave? It's a quarter past five. I'm I'm not working. I'm trying to get the top off this lipstick. What lipstick? I found it on Miss Potter's desk. Giving me a terrific idea. That's got it. Now, now look, KG, when we get home this evening... Now, wait a minute. You're not going to wear lipstick and pretend to be the blonde. 
<laughs> Don't be ridiculous. We're going to smear lipstick on your handkerchief and Clara's going to find it. Dexter, sometimes you're not quite as silly as you look. Here, I thought you'd go for the idea. Yeah, there are even times when you don't look quite as silly as you are. Here, give me that gadget and I'll streak it on me hanky. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't streak it on. Put some on your thumb and press it on. Makes it look like smudges you've wiped off your face. Clever, clever. Yeah. Uh, this is the spot on my clean white hanky. I'll push it loosely into my top pocket and at dinner tonight I'll make like I'm going to sneeze and flutter it in front of everyone. Yeah, well, that's enough smudges. Don't overdo it. You might put one little one on your face as if you've sort of overlooked it. Good idea. Now, where shall I put it? It's got to be where I could have overlooked it. Dexter, where would an attractive blonde be likely to kiss me? <laughs> Nowhere, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> I've got it. Look, put a little smudge on your neck behind your left ear. Uh-huh. How does that look? Well, it looks like you cut yourself shaving. <laughs> Oh, it'll be all right. It'll feel, smell, and taste like lipstick. Mm, I can smell it now. I haven't been close to it for ages. What do you mean? Clara wears lipstick, doesn't she? Yes, but I repeat, I haven't been close to it for ages. <laughs> Pass me the salt, please, compost. Oh, the chicken's delicious, Jessie. Thank you, Kimberly. Ah, yeah, it's absolutely delicious, dear. Good. Uh, Clara, you're very quiet this evening. When you're not talking, you're either extra hungry or ill. You're going to choke on your food when you know I know what I know. No. What do you know, dear? Kimberly, why did you phone and say you had to work back tonight? Uh, 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 because I, uh, because I had a lot of work heaped up on my desk and... I'd forgotten about this dinner engagement. Isn't that true, Dexter? Uh, whatever you say, KG. Uh, I mean, oh, yes, yes. Oh, yes, yes, KG, you did intend working back tonight. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Nice work if you can get it. You see what I mean, Jesse? They're putting on a big act. Kimberly, I know what you were going to have heaped up on your desk tonight. A big blonde heap. Blonde? Oh, never mind a blonde. I happen to know all about this woman. Oh. What? what woman? Who are you talking about? I mean, about whom are you talking? As if you didn't know. It so happens I received an anonymous letter today telling me about your association with an attractive young brainless blonde. Oh, Clara, she's not brainless. She's quite uh, a... Oh, Dexter, oh, you fool! Ha-ha! Now it's in the open. What did I tell you, Jessie, there? I simply can't believe it. It's not true. It's a lie. I don't know what you're all talking about. I have no association with any woman. Will you swear that on your word of honour in front of everyone? Well, I... I... No, I don't believe in doing that. Believe me, clearly, you're the only woman I think about all day. It's not the day I'm concerned about. It's the night. <laughs> I think I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> oh, no, it's all right. Hey, put your hanky away quickly. What oh, was that? Oh, no. Give me that handkerchief. Ah, ha-ha. Oh, no. Jesse, will you take a look at this, dear? Look at it. Lipstick smeared everywhere. You beast, you fiend. You horror. You, you... Uh, nasty man. Nasty man. <laughs> Clara. Clara, I can explain that. It's not lipstick. It's... Uh, it's blood. Try again. Reading. Sure. <gasps> Wait a minute, KG. It is lipstick, and I know where you got it. Remember the poor dear old lady who came in today and you gave her half a dozen frocks from our old stock? She was so grateful she kissed you three times on the face. Of course, that's it. She was 90 if she was a day. Uh, I'd like to see a poor old lady of 90 wearing that colour. It's one of the new ones. It's flaming fiesta. Jesse, there's no need to swear in front of the children. <laughs> now, Kimberly, I want the truth and nothing but the truth. I... Uh, what Dexter said is true, whether you believe it or not. This poor, dear, very modern old lady was grateful and she kissed me three times on the cheek right there. Mm, well... <gasps> oh, 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 Jesse... Jesse, he's got a smudge of lipstick behind his ear. I have not. Uh, that's where I cut myself shaving. It's blood. 
But you don't have to feel it, Clara. It is blood. Jesse, hand me that carving knife. If it's not blood, it's going to be. <laughs> I was coming in to see you, but I didn't know if you wanted to talk. Look, Clara, I think it's better if we have a little chat about Kimberly. No, no, I'm through with him, Jesse. The sooner he gets out and stays out, the better I'll like. Now, you don't mean that. This thing isn't the end of everything. Lots of husbands wander once in their lives. Kimberly hasn't wandered, dear. He's gone for a trip round the world. (laughs) He's apparently had a little flirtation with some little blonde, but... Well, I'm sure it's all over now. He knows you know. But he still denies the whole thing, dear. It wouldn't be so bad if he admitted it and said he was truly sorry. All he does is keep denying it with stammers and stutters and, and dillying and dallying. I must say he was more dilly than he was dallying. <laughs> I was sure after you both left here last night you'd resolve the matter between yourselves. Resolve nothing. As you know, he left before me. And when I got inside, there he was lying on the couch with a smirk on his face. I fired question after question after question at him, and he just went on lying and lying and lying. How about later, when you went to bed? Last night, the couch was Kimberly's bed. (laughs) You know, it's strange you mentioning a smirk on Kimberly's face, because three times in bed, I caught Dexter grinning to himself. (laughs) Well, there you are, there's men for you, no feeling at all. Every time I asked Dexter to tell me the truth, he said, Don't ask me to discuss it, dear, Kimberly is a friend. Kimberly is a friend, spelt F-I-E-N-D. I wonder. Hmm? Yes, I wonder. What are you wondering, Jesse? Is it possible the whole deal is one big practical joke, huh? After that schoolteacher business last week, Clara, didn't your husband say something to you about uh, getting even? My goodness, Jesse dear, he did. Oh, but he... Do you... Oh. Do you think it it really could be a joke? I not only think it, I'm becoming more certain every moment. Now, look, let's take the evidence a piece at a time. Mm -hmm. Yesterday morning, Kimberly phones and stutters and stammers about having to work back when all the time he knows he's coming here for dinner. Yes, dear, that's right. The stammering and the stuttering did seem rather overdone. Yes, and shortly after this, you received an anonymous note, which is an amazing coincidence. Mm -hmm. Clara, do you have that note with you? It's right here in my apron pocket here. Yes, there it is. Oh, show me that again. Uh-huh. Ha-ha. <laughs> now I'm absolutely sure, Clara, hmm? this note was printed by my husband. Oh. Dexter's the only person in the world who makes a printed M like that. Well, and you think the lipstick on Kimberly's hanky and neck was... Was a... put there on purpose. Look, remember how he brought it out of his pocket and fluttered it in front of everyone? Oh, why, the worm... The slimy, wriggly, fat worm. <laughs> oh, oh! Look, I'll, I'll squash him under my foot till he's gooier than ooey gooey. <laughs> oh, I'm so ashamed to think Dexter was a party to it. Why wouldn't he be, dear? He's a man. Oh, what a pity! The only other human in this world besides a woman is a man. <laughs> when two men put their heads together to make fools of two women, it's just like. Like two women last week who put their heads together to fool two men. Oh, Jesse. Oh, Oh, what a dumb daughter I've been, dear. I hardly slept last night. When I did get to sleep, I spent every minute in the divorce court. Oh, poor Claire. Hey, Jesse. Jesse. Dear, got something cooking in the oven? Oh, oh, I forgot to turn it off. Here. Oh, well, there's nothing in the oven. I was getting it warm, ready to dry my hair. I just washed it. Oh, goodness, dear. Do you always dry your hair in the oven? Oh, only when it's a dull day and Dexter's not around. It's a little trick of mine. It's awfully fast. Oh, as a matter of fact, dear, I was going to wash my hair this morning. Only I felt so ill over this stupid business. Well, look, there's nothing like a good hair wash and dry to make a woman feel on top of the world. Mm. You go up to my bathroom and have a shampoo while I start drying. Then you can have your turn in the oven. Oh, wonderful. Thank you, Jessie, there. (laughs) While I've got my skull in there, it'll be a good opportunity for me to think of some way to repay that apology for a husband. (laughs) Oh, I can see him now chuckling with Dexter over what.
Dexter, I hate to admit this, but I'm beginning to feel more and more of a heel every minute. We should have let the girls in on the gag last night, not let it drag on till today. Well, don't blame me. It was your idea to have Clara dangling in midair. I've just tried phoning her three times and she doesn't answer. She's either in with Jesse or she's gone out somewhere. Yeah, well, KG, maybe she's... Maybe she's gone out to do something desperate. Desperate? What do you mean? Dexter, you don't... You don't really believe she would. Oh, she, she, she might try. Remember, she's a woman with a tragedy. She thinks she just lost you. If I were she, I'd be grateful, but I'm not Clara. <laughs> oh, Dexter, what have we done? What have we done? Well, never mind we. It's what you've done. Oh, I'd better phone Jesse right now and see if Clara's with her. We'll do more than that. Come on, we'll grab a taxi and go straight home. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. K.G. just made up his mind in a hurry and is now doing something about it. And taking action and not beating about the bush is a good thing when applied to saving as well as other things. Let me show you what I mean. Many people made New Year resolutions to open Commonwealth Savings Bank accounts. Those who did are already on the way to having a nice amount saved by the end of the year. On the other hand... Those who have not yet started are already six weeks behind. If you are one of these, why not decide now to open a Commonwealth Savings Bank account tomorrow? Why not decide definitely that no matter what happens, you'll visit the Commonwealth Savings Bank each payday? If you do, you'll be very happy with what you've saved at the end of the year. In your own interest, then, I suggest this. Get that new account open, and from then on, week by week, bank... Commonwealth. Don't hurry, Jessie, dear. Stay there till your hair's properly dry. There's plenty of time. Mm. Oh, no, no. I'm coming out. Mine's dry enough, and I want you to get your head in before the oven cools off. Now, go on. Down you get. Oh, all right, dear. The, oh, dear. It's going to be the toughest piece of beef your oven's ever cooked, dear. <laughs> Oh, Clara, there's an old rolled-up blanket inside. Get your head well back onto mm. it. That's oh, right. Good. Oh, Jessie. Oh, this is really delightful, dear. You should have told me about this trick years ago. Yes. Well, in about 10 or 15 minutes, your hair will be almost dry and you'll feel like a million. The only thing to watch is when you bring your head out. Now, don't do it too quickly or you'll give yourself a nasty smack. Mm -hmm. I did it once and had to tell Dexter I ran into a door. <laughs> oh, my dear. This is better than sunbaking on the Riviera. Hmm. I wonder what all the poor people are doing. You know, I don't even feel so mad at Kimberley anymore. The driver can't go any faster, KG. He's almost exceeding the speed limit now. Oh, if anything's happened to my little cherry blossom, I'll never forgive myself. <laughs> it's all your fault for talking me into the stupid practical joke. What are you talking about? You thought of it, not me. I, I just agreed to go along with you. Then you should have had more sense. Hurry, driver, hurry. Look, we'll go into my place first of all. Clara's most likely in the kitchen talking to Jessie. If she's not there, she could be anywhere. How do we know she's not lying on our bathroom floor next to an empty bottle of sleeping tablets? Well, maybe she's taking a bath and that's why she couldn't answer the phone. A bath? She's drowned herself in the bath. That's what she's done, I just know it. No, no, KG. There are much more pleasant ways to take one's life than drowning in a bath. It's more likely she's cut her wrists or taken poison or electrocuted... Why don't you shut up? <laughs> Sorry, I was only making suggestions. I still think you've got nothing to worry about. Claire and Jessie will be in my kitchen crying on each other's shoulders. How's your hair drying off now, Clara? Oh, I can't get my hands on it, dear, but it feels pretty right. <laughs> I believe I'm done on top as well as both sides. You wouldn't care to light the gas and cook me for dinner. <laughs> oh, Clara, give yourself a couple more minutes and then be as careful as you can and bring your head out. <laughs> All right, uh... Oh, Jessie, that's someone coming up your front gate? Yes. Oh, good heavens, it's Dexter and Kimberly. What? They're racing round the side passage. Oh, no, dear. Oh, look, let me get out of here, will oh, you? Watch your hand. <laughs> oh. oh, Clara. Oh, dear. Clara. Clara, speak to me. Say something. Oh, oh no. She's got her head in the gas oven. Merciful heavens, Clara. Oh. oh, my darling Clara, what have you done? Oh, help me lift her head onto the floor. Nothing. 
Oh, Clara, she's knocked herself out. Knocked herself out with gas, and that's all my fault. Clara, speak to me. Uh, I love you. Uh, oh, I, I, I think she's coming round. Oh, what, what, what happened? What did I do? Clara, my darling, you're alive. Oh. You tried to commit suicide and all over me. But I love you, Clara. What? Uh, who tried to commit suicide? Um, you did, Clara. You oh. did. You put your head in my gas oven and tried to take your life. And, and it was because you said you had nothing to live for. I did? Well, I mean, oh, yes, yes, I did. Oh, what has there left for me in life? You shouldn't have stopped me, Jesse. I wanted to go. Clara, don't say that, my darling. Oh, my little sweetheart. <laughs> I'll never do anything to hurt you again, never. Then move, you're standing on my foot. families are all here together, uh, KG and I have a little confession to make. Clara, this afternoon you gave me a terrible scare. We had no idea you'd take the anonymous note and everything so seriously. Well, certainly not seriously enough to attempt suicide. Well, I didn't. I might even try it again. Oh, no, please, Mrs. Wilmot. No, Clara. Well, Ashford wouldn't be the same without you. Well, uh, go on. Tell the truth, KG. Well, the truth is the anonymous note and everything else connected with it was nothing but a practical joke. Is that so? <laughs> we knew that. You knew? Huh? Yes. And now I think Clara might have a confession to make. I have, Jessie. The only reason I had to put my head in that oven today was to dry my hair. Eh? <laughs> and Jessie did the same before me. As you men came through the door, I bumped my head and I knocked myself out. Is this true? Cross my heart. You don't really believe I'd lose any sleep over you, you great big insignificant thoughtless ox. Who are you calling that? Who was it last week who was so thoughtless she didn't give a hang to me? No, 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 Kimberly, remember you said you loved me. Love you? Who said that? I can't stand the sight of you. Why, you don't... Dad! Dad, would you do me a big favour? Yeah, what's that, son? If ever I look like getting married, push me under a double-decker bus. Although Ashley doesn't realize it now, his time will come. In ten years or so, he'll fall in love. And then he won't be able to get to the altar quickly enough. And while I'm on this subject of marriage, I'd like to say a few words to all those husbands and wives who are listening in tonight. Have all you good people got Commonwealth Savings Bank joint accounts? If you haven't, then I do suggest for your own peace of mind that you open one tomorrow. Two different types of joint accounts are available, one where both must sign to withdraw and the other where either may sign. The advantage of either one signing is, of course, quite apparent. If one is away or ill, well, the other may use the account. Commonwealth Savings Bank joint accounts are easy to open. If both parties cannot come to the bank to open the account, one may do so. It's as simple as that. Call in tomorrow at any office of the Commonwealth Savings Bank. Open an account, and from then on, week by week, Bank Commonwealth. Life with Dexter is produced by Noel Judd and written by Willie Fennell. If money can buy it, saving will get it. So Bank Commonwealth now. For a car or a bike or just a rainy day. Be sure to save the friendly Commonwealth way. So listen to this advice and start right today. To Bank Commonwealth Save. Commonwealth Bank. Commonwealth now. This is John Dunn inviting you to enjoy life with Dex at the same time next week from this station. And remember, you'll always enjoy life with a Commonwealth Savings Bank account.
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The F.W. Fitch Company, makers of those fine Fitch products, presents the Fitch Bandwagon, starring Alice Bay. You never know just how much I love you. You never know just how much I care. And Phil Harris. Won't you come with me to Alabama? Let's go see my dear old mammy. She's frying eggs and boiling hammy. That sugar-cured hammy. That red gravy hammy. And that's what I like about the sound. As you may know, Phil Harris has recently embarked on a program of self-betterment. The first evidence of this new phase reared its ugly head two weeks ago when Phil announced that he was going to take an adult extension course at the University of Southern California. But, Phil, you going to college, this is ridiculous. It is not. Now, you might not know this, but I've been preparing myself for college for a long time. You have? Well, of course. Every night for the past three months, I've been reading a page out of the encyclopedia. Why, Phil, that's wonderful. Sure, and I figure if I keep at it, I'll be at the bottom of that page by April. (laughs) And then last week, still following his course of self-improvement, Phil Harris consulted a psychiatrist. Yes, Mr. Harris. After extensive tests and observation... I've come to the conclusion that you have a strong tendency toward megalomania, coupled with a powerful narcissus complex. This, of course, is in addition to your inherent schizophrenic maladjustment with overtones of dementia precox. Yeah. Yeah, I see, but, uh, but what does that all mean? Mr. Harris, you are nuts. <laughs> Undaunted by these experiences, we find Phil Harris, the student, on last Thursday, burning the midnight oil. Phil, what are you doing? My homework for USC. But you've been sitting there for two hours. Oh, I know it. I got to write a composition for class tomorrow. Composition? What's it about? I like basket weaving because... (laughs) And it's got to be a hundred words. Well, that doesn't sound so hard. Why are you taking so long? I don't know a hundred words. <laughs> anyway, this darn fountain pen won't write. Well, don't you think you might do better if you put some ink in it? Oh, yeah. I forgot it's a new one. Mm-hmm. But the man said once you get it filled, it writes for 15 years without stopping. Well, use the ink bottle. Go on, fill it. Okay. <laughs> Start writing. Uh oh. What's the matter? It's filled, isn't it? Yeah, but now it's so heavy I can't lift it. <laughs> oh, use a pencil. Oh, honey, but I don't know what I like about basket weaving. Well, you must like something about the class. For instance, your fellow pupils. What are they like? Well, there's Elmer who sits next to me. He's a pretty nice fella. Of course, he drools a little. <laughs> Well, Gladys, she sits right in beautifully developed pinheads I've ever seen. Phil, I'm sure she's not a pinhead. Oh, no? Then why does she have the Gettysburg address engraved on her forehead? Oh, Phil. Well, she does. (laughs) 
this morning. Well, he's still in bed, Phyllis. He sat up most of the night doing his homework. But, Mommy, it's 11 o'clock. He should be up by now. All right, Alice. You and Phyllis can go upstairs and wake him up if you want to. Thank you, Mommy. Come on, Phyllis. Sound asleep, isn't he? Yeah, so hot shots really tearing it off. <laughs> Phyllis, you know Mommy doesn't want you to talk like that. Daddy talks like that. Yes, but he doesn't know any better. <laughs> How will we wake him up today? Shall we jump on his stomach again? Let's shake him. Oh, no. Daddy said if we did that once more, he'd knock our little heads together. <laughs> oh, dear. It's so hard to wake Daddy up since our snapping turtle died. <laughs> Let's shake him. Daddy. Daddy, wake up. Oh, yes, wake up. He's opening his eyes. Quick, Phyllis. You go get his slippers. I'll undo his chin strap. <laughs> All right. Are you sure he's awake? All right, fellas. Who's got the dice? <laughs> he's awake. Good morning, Blondie. Well, if it isn't the sleeping beauty. So you finally decided to come downstairs, Yeah, huh? I didn't sleep so well last night. Honey, I had an awful dream. Oh, you did? Yeah, I dreamed I was John L. Lewis and Philip Murray was plucking my eyebrows. <laughs> oh, honey, what a headache. Hey, how about some breakfast? All right. Say, how'd you make out with your composition last night? Oh, it's coming along. I got it right here. Well, let me see it. No! Oh, Phil, I just want to look it over and correct your punctuation. My what? <laughs> Your periods and commas. Surely you know what a comma is. Oh, yeah, that's what my old man used to go into after he inhaled that southern stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a comma. That's what my old man had. A no, moonshine no. comma, he did. <laughs> now, Phil, that's a coma. You must know something about punctuation. When you were in school, what came at the end of a sentence? Fifty dollars and a suit from the warden. Bill <laughs> Harris, you let me see that composition. No! Now, it's my baby, and I'll thank you to keep your rinsed white lunch hooks off of it. <laughs> oh, stop it. I'm going to read this. Oh, Phil. You've changed the whole idea of the composition. Well, what's wrong with that? can't hand in an essay titled, I Love Phil Harris Because. <laughs> yeah. Come to think of it, that would run way over a hundred words, wouldn't it? <laughs> but, honey, if you don't hand in that composition on basket weaving today, you'll flunk the course. I know it, I know it, but I gotta get downtown now. Hey, maybe I'll get an idea at the pool hall. But, Phil, don't you understand? <laughs> Don't you understand? If you're serious about improving yourself and getting an education, you're going to have to take a different attitude. What do you mean? Well, an educated man doesn't hang around pool halls and go to prize fights and play cards all night the way you do. Yeah? What do them educated monkeys do for fun? Well, they follow intellectual pursuits. Oh, chase dames, huh? <laughs> oh, Phil, you're hopeless. Well, I got to get down to rehearsal. Look, give me a kiss, will you? Oh, man, and they say I married her for money. <laughs> no, no, 
no, fellas, no, that's brutal. You're fighting me. You characters will end up playing dinner music at Barney's Beanery. We couldn't do that, Phil. That's a Mar Davis job. Oh, why don't you? Why don't you stop that, Artie? Now, come on, guys. Let's take it by section. Now, let me hear them brasses. Oh, that's okay. Now, let me have the reeds. Gee, that's fine. Now, let me hear them strings. Thank you, Ephraim. <laughs> now open that thing up and let Dave Rose out of there. Hey, this fight just passed, Bill. I gotta drive my mother-in-law to Anaheim. Wait a minute, Artie. Wait a minute. Can't your mother-in-law ever get to Anaheim by herself? Oh, yeah. Last week I sent her up there by thumb. Oh, she hitchhiked, huh? No, I tied a piece of rope around her thumb and hooked the other end to a Greyhound bus. <laughs> I see. Well, did she get to Anaheim all right? No, but her thumb did. Oh, Artie, get up. Forget about it. Now get back there to the band. All right, fellas. If you're ever down in Texas, look me up. Look me up. If you're ever down in Texas, look me up. Where the men are men and love it, and the gals are so glad of it. So if you've ever down in Texas, look me up. Everybody's gonna holler, howdy do, howdy do. Everybody there'll be saying, how are you? They raise corn for hot tamales and grow dollies for the follies. So if you've ever down in Texas, look me up. Ask anyone for Rusty, everybody knows of me. They'll tell you where I'm riding that far so if you ever down in Texas, look me up, look me up. They've got everything in Texas looking up. With the moonlight on the prairie and the gal that ain't contrary. So if you ever down in Texas, look me up. Ask anyone for Phil D, they'll tell you where I'm at. They'll say that I'm in Galveston with a rockback coat and a Stetson hat. So if you ever down in Texas, look me up, look me up. We've got everything in Texas looking up. With the moonlight on the prairie and the gal that ain't contrary. So if you ever down in Texas, look me up. Bronco bust and take some practice or you wind up on the cactus. So if you ever down in Texas, look me up. Where the gals are good at figures and the cowboys swing on triggers. So if you're ever down in Texas, look me up. Every gal's a raven beauty. Hip tie, tie, What I'm trying to tell you is I can't wait till I get back down there so I can hear uh, go something like this. That uh, that uh, show glad y'all come by. Don't you forget to come back now. You yeah. Bye now. Bye. I'm going to build a dopey palace for my Alice down in Dallas. So if you're ever down in Texas, look me up. Have you ever seen a woman whose frock is fashionable and becoming, but made from very poor quality material? Well, ladies, the effect is the same. If your coiffure is smart and flattering but is spoiled by stiff, dull-looking, dandruff-flaked hair. That's why discriminating women who want soft, lustrous, easy-to-manage hair use Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo. For Fitch is the shampoo that reconditions as it cleanses, giving your hair longer-lasting beauty. Regardless of the color of your hair, regardless of the texture, Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo leaves your hair thoroughly cleansed, velvety smooth, shining with sparkling natural highlights. Fitch Shampoo has been granted the Good Housekeeping Seal and the Parents Magazine Commendation Seal. So for hair that complements your coiffure, hair that shimmers and shines, use Fitch Shampoo regularly. Buy an economical bottle of Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo at your drug or toilet goods counter or have professional applications at your beauty or barber shop. Hey, Phil. You 
Yeah, Frankie. I told the fellas on next rehearsals on Sunday. Is that right? Yeah, thanks. Hey, Curly, you know, I almost missed rehearsal this morning. Oh, well, that's all right. I only keep you in the band because your guitar has a direct wire to all tracks. <laughs> Just so I can get the latest rundown, the morning line, bud, that's all. But what happened? Well, you know that big laundry on Sunset Boulevard? Well, just as I was walking past it, the whole darn thing blew up. Blew up? Yeah. Bloomers are flying. Oh, right. <laughs> Bloomers are flying. Listen, Frankie, uh, I'll see you Sunday. I got to get over to USC now. Hey, Phil, you still monkeying with that college stuff? Yeah, Frankie, I'm monkeying with it, but I ain't doing so good. I got to write a composition. Write? Oh, Curly, you come to the right guy. Yeah? <laughs> hey, uh... You know something about writing? Do I? I was known as the Kathleen Windsor of PS4. <laughs> no kidding. Sure. I still read nothing but high-class literature. True Confessions, Agassiz, Weird Tales, <laughs> Spicy Mechanics. <laughs> spicy Mechanics? Well, sure. On the cover, they got Gypsy Rose Lee holding a blowtorch. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. But this ain't helping me with my composition. Well, how much you got so far? I like basket weaving because... <laughs> well, that's a good start, Curly. No, Frank, that's the title. They gave us that. Look, Curly, what you need is a collaborator. All right, but who's going to teach me to play it? <laughs> no, no, Phil. I mean, I'll help you write it. We'll pool our knowledge. Oh, Frankie, that ain't no pool. That's a bird bath. <laughs> anyway, it won't work. Do you think it's right for you to help me? Ain't it cheating or something? No, all them big, big shots work together. Look at that team, Fulton and O'Sullivan. Fulton and O'Sullivan? What did they ever do? What did they ever do? They built a steamboat with rubber heels, that's all. <laughs> Frankie, forget about that stuff. Look, let's go someplace and write this composition, huh? <laughs> Gee, I hope I'm not late for class today. Man, what a composition Frankie wrote for me. Oh, this is gonna murder him. Hey, look how they got the floors all waxed in this hallway. Gee whiz, I bet I could slide right from here down to my classroom. I think I'll try it. Here goes. Excuse me, mister, but would you mind getting your big yog head off of my vacuum cleaner? <laughs> I can't, lady. The suction's holding it in. <laughs> Well, just a minute. I'll give it to you. Uh, well, goodness gracious, what's wrong with nothing, you? Nothing, lady. Nothing's wrong with me. I'm just waiting for my head to unpucker. That's all. Well, get off of my clean linoleum, you big yak Limey. <laughs> Oh, here's the classroom here. Hello, Professor. Am I late? Late? Of course you're not late. We're just sitting around here waiting for the Robert E. Lee. <laughs> now sit down, you. Yes, sir. As students of the basket weaving class, as you know, our subject for today is I like basket weaving because. Stop drooling, Elmer. <laughs> yeah, cut it out, Elmer. You're warping your desk. <laughs> well, Mr. Harris, since we're so alert this afternoon, suppose we hear your composition first. Are you prepared? What are you asking, Prof? I'm loaded. Yes. <laughs> well, start reading. Reading? Yes, go ahead. Take it. <laughs> okay. Four score and seven years ago... Mr. Harris, stop reading off Gladys's head. <laughs> the composition, please. Oh, yeah, the composition. All right. I like basket weaving because... Baskets is funny thing, period. 
There is clothes baskets, laundry baskets, and most people have bread baskets. <laughs> Coma. <laughs> Some baskets are very strong, but others are wicker. <laughs> Then there is Von Boyd's baskets. This is to keep Von Boyd's in. <laughs> baskets is like pottery, only looser. <laughs> Mr. Henry. And that's what I like about basket weaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. Harris, is that your composition? Yeah, Doc. Ain't it a Lulu? Uh, Mr. Harris, I'd like to tell you a little story. Why, you old rascal. <laughs> Yes. Uh, years ago, the founders of this institution spent millions of dollars constructing these academic halls. This beautiful castle. They built a veritable wellspring of education. And you, Mr. Harris, you had to come along and stink it up. <laughs> please, Professor, please. Let's not becloud the issue with mysticism. <laughs> Mr. Harris, I've had enough. I'm sending you to the dean's office. All right, Doc, stop hollering on me. Get out, you monster! <laughs> How do you like that guy? He's just sore because I'm prettier than he is. <laughs> no wonder he didn't hear me, the old big-haired professor. Now, where do you suppose that dean's office is? Phil, I didn't know you were here. Aren't you home from college awfully early? Yeah, yeah. Well, how did you do today? Oh, honey, they threw me out. Oh. USC faster than that Notre Dame backfield. <laughs> but, Phil, you've been attending that class for two weeks now. What about that beautiful basket you've been working on? That's what they carried me out in. <laughs> in a basket? Yeah, two seniors carried me out to the main gate and then left me in front of St. Vincent's Orphanage. <laughs> Honey... Get a grip on yourself and tell me how all this happened. Oh, I don't know. They sent me to the dean's office. The dean's office? Yeah, and he went over my marks and read my composition and looked at my basket. Well, what did he say? Oh, he didn't say anything. He just shrugged his shoulders and handed me a loaded gun. <laughs> well, honey, maybe college just wasn't for you. After all, you still have plenty of interests in life. You have your band, your own program... A nice house and car, and your favorite horse to ride. I know, but baby Alice broke the rocker off of it. <laughs> My poor little baby. Well, I don't know why it always has to happen to me. I... Oh, oh, I'm going to oh, some no. of these days. Phil, your mascara's running. It's not... <laughs> it's not mascara, it's Maybelline. <laughs> Honey, cheer up. It's not that bad. All right, honey. Gee whiz, you're so sweet to me. You're the sweetest little wife a man ever had. Am I? Yes. Now you say something nice about me. All right, honey. You can make the prettiest speeches I have ever heard. Darling, you excel at singing praises When I hold you in my arms I thrill to every word Where do you get such lovely little phrases? You say the sweetest things, baby You had me riding high You say the night Baby, when you say I adore you I would do most anything for you I'm such a fool For I believe you Yes, even when you lie My, you can say the sweetest things, baby But don't you ever say bye-bye 
such a fool For I believe you Yes, even when you lie My, you can say the sweetest thing, baby But baby, don't you ever, never say bye-bye Alice and Phil will be back in just a moment. You've often heard the expression, a poor excuse is better than none at all. If you have bothersome, unsightly dandruff and have been offering lame explanations for it, use Fitch Dandruff Remover Shampoo and you won't need any kind of an excuse for dandruff. For Fitch Shampoo actually removes dandruff the very first time you use it. In fact, Fitch is the only shampoo made whose guarantee to remove dandruff with the first application is backed by one of the world's largest insurance firms. And it's so simple to use. All you do is apply a little Fitch shampoo directly to the hair and scalp before adding water. Massage briskly while the antiseptic liquid penetrates and cleanses the thousands of tiny hair openings on the scalp, dissolving all traces of dandruff. Then add water. Billows of rich, foamy lather form to float away the dissolved dandruff. That's all there is to it. A simple fit shampoo leaves your hair tingling with that clean sensation. Free of dandruff, enhanced by the fresh look that lasts. Fitch is spelled F-I-T-C-H. <laughs> doing? I'm calling up Frankie. I'm plenty sore at that guy. But Phil... I don't care what Hello. Happens. Hello, Frankie. This is Phil. Oh, yeah, Curly. How's the boy? Don't how's the boy me. That composition you wrote for me really got me in a jam today. Yeah? On account of you, they sent me to the dean's office. I was blackballed from every college in the country and thrown out of USC in a basket yet. Now, you're the one who got me in all of this mess. Now, what have you got to say? You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. when the F.W. Fitch Company again brings you the Fitch Bandwagon with Alice Fay and Phil Harris. This program is written by Bob Mosier and Joe Connolly, directed by Paul Phillips, with the original music composed and conducted by Walter Sharp. Included in the cast were Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, and Elliot Lewis. Alice Fay appears to the courtesy of 20th Century Fox. <laughs> Fitch's Ideal Hair Tonic Daily. It makes your scalp tingle with that feeling of new life and pep. Fitch's Ideal is not sticky or greasy. So pep up your scalp and give your hair that well-groomed look with Fitch's Ideal Hair Tonic. Bill Foreman speaking. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for 